All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. All right, welcome everybody to a strange edition of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. Tim's uh, Tim's here. What's up, Tim? What's going on, man? So it's very strange. We recorded our episode last night, and we went on and on about the Leafs and Mike Babcock and their situation. And lo and behold, sure enough, today, Mike Babcock gets fired. So we, we had to figure out what to do, and we decided, well, you know what? Let's do a little inception where we're going to do Tarantino. We'll tell the story. We'll go from the beginning to the end. So now we know what's happening. We're going to talk about Babcock getting fired now. Then you can listen to our take last night to talk about how I predicted this happening. It took a little, it was a little bit faster than I thought, but we're at the same result. So anyways, Babcock's gone. He's gone. Bombshell. Shanahan flew to Arizona to do a face-to-face classy guy, and he delivered the news. What, what do you think? Did they pull the trigger too fast, or is this the perfect time? I think I think they didn't pull it too fast. I think they don't want to have a lost season, and I, I know like six games is you know you don't want to overreact. But it's, it's more than just the losing streak. It's the attitude of the players and the coaches. It's the fan base like rejecting their team right now. I think they're trying to salvage something. And when the writing's on the wall, why wait to pull the trigger, right? Yeah, this is a. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is a Stanley Cup contending team. And it's been one for the last two years, and he hasn't produced. So he's going down the same road, a worse road than he has the last few years. So you have to make a change. And it's a tough decision because they put all of their eggs in Babcock's basket. Like, they really wanted this to work out. He was the savior. I remember when he came to Toronto, everybody was just planning the parade. And it just did not work out. He did not gel with those players. I think he's used to coaching veteran guys in Detroit. He had all those vets. Team Canada, he had all those vets. And they responded to his type of coaching. But players these days, they like a little bit more coddling. They like to be pampered. And they like coaches to say how good they're doing. And you're doing a great job. I don't think that's Babcock's style. I think he just kind of didn't mesh well with those guys. Yeah, there's a lot of personality for sure, a lot of ego in that room. And they're still like, you know, they're still kind of finding out who they are as players, as professionals. Um, and what do you know about this Keith guy that they called up from the Marlies? Is he a good a good replacement? He's the player coach from everything I've heard. He obviously used to be a former player, 
and he gets it. Like he, he's a pretty young guy. He had lots of success with the Marlies. They won a championship. He's taken them to the deep playoff runs. He developed some pretty good talent that has made the transition to Toronto. So we'll see. Is he still a little too raw for the call-up? I don't know. This is the trend going forward. Dubas obviously had him when he was working with the Marlies, so they have a relationship. And I don't know. I think initially it will work. Hopefully he switches up their systems because I know the Marlies, they run and gun. They're a really high-scoring, high-octane offense where they just get after it. And I think his style should fit perfectly with the type of guys they have in Toronto. But you never, you never know. Obviously, when a new coach comes in, players, they want to impress him. So initially, they will, you know, try harder. But who knows what it's going to be in, you know, February, March, April when, you know, that kind of new car smell wears off, you could say. But uh, I – I'm glad they made this this change. I I saw it coming. I think I thought it was going to happen around Christmas time. Obviously, Dubas, you know, he wanted to get that done a little bit sooner. But the the writing was on the wall. Like I said <laughs> later on in this episode, like I say, anytime the GM comes out and they says, you know what, everything's fine. We have no issues with our coach. I have no plans on firing him. It's pretty much there's a, a panic button being pushed and the coach is the first guy out the door because no GM says that when he doesn't plan on firing the coach. Peters is on the hot seat in Calgary. The GM hasn't said a word because Peters is not going anywhere until the GM starts talking about him. So, And what a tough it's, situation it's, for Keith to walk into, right? Because like, it's already hard enough to coach in Toronto. We got the spotlight of pretty much the entire country on you. But you're coming in, like off the heels of like a, a team that's supposed to be a, a serious cup contender and all this drama you're walking into and he's coaching in the NHL for the first time as a head coach. I mean, this is not going to be an easy job for him. And it wouldn't really, I mean, it, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. That's for sure. He's going to be under a microscope. Yeah. It's, it's funny that this is not the first time this has happened. If you recall in Pittsburgh a few years back, I think it was four years ago when they fired Billsman, they brought in Sullivan. I think they fired Billsman, brought Sullivan in, right? He was yep. the assistant and they promoted him. He took him right to the cup, and they won the cup his first year. So I'm thinking maybe they, they think history repeats itself, and they kind of get a little boost out of this change, and they just take off. Because this team, if they get rolling, they can go on a serious roll, and they can, you know, make some waves. They're not, they're not too far out. It's, it's still early in the season where anything can happen. There's still 60 games left to be played. They brought Cassidy up and he was like, all of a sudden he was the Providence head coach for a few years. And all of a sudden they're, they're playing like they hadn't in, in years with new confidence, a new scheme in the offense. And the players are playing a style that fit, that fit more into the games that are trying to mesh the Julian's, you know, defense first schemes. And they've been, they've been lights out for a few years now. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like they're not familiar with Keith. A lot of the guys played in the Marley system. And in training camp, you see the AHL coach all the time. He's coaching half of the games because Babcock's either at the split squad game or Babcock's just watching up in the stands and they let the AHL guy coach. So it's not like they don't know him and don't have a relationship. And, you know, he knows the players and how they play. So it won't be that hard to transition as far as, like, systems and type game gameplay and things like that. So 
I expect there to be a, a vast improvement right away. I think they 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 have five games left on this road trip. I bet you they go four and one, and then Sheldon Keefe is the new savior in Toronto, and they're and they're back to playing the parade again. Oh, but the core problems are still there. They're still a terrible defensive team, and their goaltending, if it's not standing on its head, their team is average. So the problems are always going to exist. He can obviously transition the game to better suit their style, the up, up-tempo up game that they want to play with their horses they have. But, man, what, what, a, what a bombshell. Babcock's gone. Do you he, think this more- big contract, he makes eight mil a year. You think there's more moves coming on the player side of things? Have a trade, maybe? Uh, they can't. What what moves can they make? I think the only thing they can do right now is get a backup goalie, and there really is limited out there. They can make a trade for um the backup in Pittsburgh, Jeffrey. I know he's got a a decent contract. They can get him. He's serviceable. They're going to give their kid from uh, the AHL a little bit of time. Maybe he can answer that fill that boy but if he doesn't they have to make a move but they're, they're up against the cap they have no space to make any moves so they are just you know this is it this is the team they have unless they move one of their big guys i've heard tyson berry honestly in in the news a little bit but i don't see them making that move i think they're going to kind of see how that pans out they don't want to put on that grenade just yet but there's not much this is their team it's a great team if everybody's healthy and everybody's you know clicking and on the same page this is a stanley cup contender not winner contender so big question for for mikey babcock what's next for him is he going to have a job this year takes the rest of the year off what do you think well i I think he is going to take this year for sure if not next year he's it's not like he's still not getting paid eight million dollars a year that money doesn't go away so he's still got coaches contracts are guaranteed as well so I um I expect him just to kind of lay low. He's still on the hot seat as far as Toronto goes. He's not going to go and take a job right away. Like he'll still have that pressure. But I don't know. There will be openings like there always is every year. If Calgary continues to struggle, I could see him maybe filling that job. That's a prime job. That's a really good team. So who knows? I hope he just kind of lays low a little bit. Gretzky just turned down Team Canada for the uh, Spangler Cup, I think. Maybe he'll take that job. Who yeah, knows? I can see that. Yeah, but no, it's uh, it's too bad. He's a decent coach. I know I hated on him a little bit, but he just he was too big for Toronto. He needs to go to a market where he can, you know, be the guy. But I just don't think he fit in Toronto from the get go. So there's obviously a, a lot to unravel with this story, and I'm sure more news and reactions are going to come out in the next few days and weeks for sure. And we'll probably be talking about this team. You know, we'll continue our lease segment every episode. I'm imagining it's gonna. I mean, there's so much to, to, to talk about there. It's they're they're the Los Angeles Lakers of the NHL. It's just drama every single week, and it's why they won't win. It's it's bizarre. If they just would stay out of the news and just put their nose down and work, they could be a successful team. But it just seems like every week, every two weeks, there's another story, and it's just that's what you get in that market. There's too much media. There's too much noise. And you're never going to get away from it. So it is what it is. I've been following them. I played against them for, what, 15 years now. And it's, there's never been a time when they haven't been in the news. Even when they were in the last place, they're always in the news. It's funny. Don Cherry's loving this. He's, he's just like, 
he went from front page news for all his stuff. Now no one's going to talk about Don anymore. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's crazy how they just swallow up and they just envelop all of the news everywhere. It just leaks. Yeah, and there's, there's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch this, on, you know, develop and um, see what else comes out of the news. Anything else before we wrap up here and get into the rest of the episode? No, I think that's just exciting news. We called it, Tim. We, we called call it. it. I just wish everybody they would stop else popping bombs no, no. we record. Yeah, so it's uh, no one likes seeing a coach get fired, but I think it's it's much needed for Toronto. They just that ship, it, it you know. It, it had its course. You know, they they lost in the first round for a few years. They need something new. They're still going to lose in the first round, but at least they'll have a new coach at the helm. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Good luck to Sheldon Keefe. He's a good coach. I hope he does well. All right, well, let's get into the full episode here. Thanks uh, for calling in, John. This is a quick, um, you know, we, we could not talk about this this week, so I'm glad we were able to get to squeeze this in. I know. Just a bombshell the day after we record. It's unbelievable. It happens all the time. Standard. All right, we're going to transition to the regular episode here. Uh, We'll be getting into dropping the gloves next. All right, thanks, Tim. See you, everybody. Thank you. This episode of Dropping the Gloves is brought to you by – I'm actually excited for this one. It's brought to you by CoolHockey.com. I have actually ordered some jerseys from them because when my career ended, I couldn't get a jersey for the life of me. So whenever I need a Scott jersey for a charity or something – I go to CoolHockey.com, so it's cool we're pairing up with them. So, hey, anyways, go to CoolHockey.com. They've been selling jerseys since 1999. Everything is done in-house, all the names on the back, all the numbers. They don't ship it out to somebody else, so you get your jerseys fast, and they're honestly a better quality. The customization is approved by the NHL every year, so you're not getting knockoffs, you're not getting outdated stuff, all the colors, all the logos, everything on the shoulders, everything is up to date, so you're getting legit up-to-date jerseys that the players wear. So if you want a jersey for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for anything, hockey season is in full swing, you got to get some new swag, go to coolhockey.com. Use promo code JohnScott20, and you get 20% off all of their Adidas jerseys. Isn't that crazy? So coolhockey.com, use promo code JohnScott20, and get 20% off Adidas jerseys, and you'll help this guy out a little bit. So get some jerseys. You'll be looking good for the new year. Welcome to a night episode of Dropping the Gloves. Timmy! Whoa! It's nighttime out. It's dark outside. It's crazy. So we decided this week, we were busy during the day. I'm a busy guy. You're a busy guy. I got stuff to do. kind of busy. We said, let's just film at night. So we brought, I brought a couple bottles of wine, and we're just going to have ourselves a night. Me and Tim here in the office. John might show up later. John Aiken. John Aiken. We'll see how it goes. But right now, it's just me and Tim. Late night. I feel like podcast after dark i know i feel good and there's lots to talk about can we start with a hat yes the stormy cromer <laughs> yeah i got my winter stuff out of storage and it's back i love this hat it's my favorite winter hat it's hard to look at though. why i'm gonna have to tweet a picture of this out why for the it's, listeners it's a, they people know this hat i wear it all the time in the winter is that what you wore for the uh the zamboni racing thing yes no they gave me a hat i tried to wear this they wouldn't let me wear it yeah. I wore something else. But, yeah, I love this hat. It's a very functional, practical hat, and it looks stylish. But not too stylish that I'm trying too hard. You know what I mean? It's perfect balance. It's a fine line. Everyone knows the Stormy Cromer in the UP. You're from Boston. You don't get it. Anyways, let's get down to business. 
Don Cherry. Diving right in, huh? I love it. He's coming out. He's joining the ranks. Should we be threatened? He's getting a <laughs> yeah. podcast. Another rival. We already have a couple. I was a little... When you told me, I was a little thrown off. I was like, Don Cherry is getting a podcast. Should I feel threatened? But I'm not. I feel the more the merrier. The more ears to the podcast world, the better. Because I'm guessing he'll bring a large viewership. What I'm excited about... And this is kind of the reason that I got into the podcast world. Because I had options to go into broadcasting here or there. But I... A, didn't want to move to Toronto, and B, I feel like you can, you're more free when you do a podcast. You can just say whatever you want. No one is policing you. No one is there to rein you in. And I feel like this is perfect for Don Cherry. Don't you think? It is. It is. And, and it's, it's kind of funny, too, because it's like the, the old world and new world colliding, right? Like he's already sort of the old world guy on TV in the quote-unquote new world, but now with 85-year-old man doing a podcast, and you know people are going to listen to it. Oh, I'm listening to it. And yeah. I don't listen to many podcasts. I am definitely listening to it. Yeah. What I am interested in, is he bitter about being fired, and will he just open up the floodgates? Because you know he has some stories on the NHL. Oh, sure. He has a lot of people's skeletons in his closet. And I can just imagine the people in the league in Toronto just shaking in their boots. Like, what are we going to do? Right. If he starts dropping names and telling stories about collusion or deals or things that shouldn't have happened. Like, I can just imagine the stories that Don Cherry has over 50 plus years in the hockey world. This is going to be great. I think it's going to be um, it's going to be fantastic. So it's going to be called the Grapevine, and supposedly it's going to be completely unfiltered, which <laughs> if, if that wasn't already unfiltered, I don't know what this is going to look like, right? Yeah, and Don, he doesn't swear. He's not a big cusser, but I do, I do think this frees him up a little bit to talk about the things that he wants to talk about because I think on Coach's Corner, Ron really kind of directed him to conversations that were PC or good where if Ron wasn't there, the, the thing would have just went off the rails. Because Ron, he's almost like um, the uh, what's the guy uh, Kentucky uh, Crocodile Dundee, and Don Cherry's like the bull, and he goes out there with his hand and he like calms the bull down. Don's the bull. He doesn't have crocodile. What an analogy! I just came in a thin air on that one. Okay, but no, you don't like it. You're gonna miss some of the millennials on that one. I don't care. The millennials beat it. Figure something out. But yeah, it's. Uh, it's going to be great. I'm very excited to hear this podcast. So the, the first episode is supposed to drop any day now, and supposedly he's going to start with addressing the, the elephant in the room um, and talking about the firing. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say on his own platform. And then I think he wants to talk a lot about the history of the league and tell his stories, and starting with um, Maurice Richard. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to get, you know, I mean, the guy from who lived through all these events and hear his take on it. Because that's the other thing. Like, I just mentioned his age. I didn't realize he actually is 85 I years know. old. Like, he's is an old man. Unbelievable. And, and you like, said, yeah, it's bizarre that there's this 85-year-old man, like, stepping into 2019 with a podcast. It's kind of cool. Yeah. He's not going to know anything about <laughs> where do, how to podcast work, this or that. They're just going to put a mic in front of him. And let him go. You know what my first thought was? It's going to be like that thing, that scene from The Office when Ryan creates a, a blog for Creed. 
And it's just www.creedthoughts.gov backslash creedthoughts.www. It's just nonsense. And he just opens a Word doc for him. Oh, and really? has him type into nothing. <laughs> I feel like that's what someone's going to do. So He's, you just lost all of my generation. Because I've seen The Office. Uh, not on. that one. I don't think I've seen that episode. But Creed was pretty funny. Yeah. He just opens a Word doc for Creed and tells him it's a blog. <laughs> so Creed's been writing this thing for typing weeks. Typing away on it. Yeah. That's funny. But I think it's a good thing for hockey. Anyways, Don Cherry. I still, his first episode, it, when he addresses the issue, I don't think he apologizes. I think he just doubles down and he says, listen, I didn't mean to offend anybody because I don't think he did. I think people should wear poppies. It irks me when people don't wear poppy and support their country, their military. No, I think if he, if he was going to apologize, he would have already. And he's certainly not going to do it on his own platform if he wouldn't do it, you know, I know. for the it, show. It kind of, it kind of just puts my Ron McClain ladder. It, it, he, he's on a lower peg than he used to be, Ron McClain, because of his apology. And I love Ron McClain. I, I loved him just as much as Don, but it was like he's apologizing for even just giving a thumbs up. And I'm like, man, you just read a canned apology from Sportsnet 100%. You did not write that apology. And you're just tweeting it and then saying it the next week for just for your job. So I, I lost a little... A little respect for Ron because he's a great guy. But I was like, man, Ron, come on. Stick up for Don, you know? Stick to your guns. Yes. You know a little something about that. Yes. This guy, Don and him, they've been partners for, what, 20-some years? Like, just hang with your guy. Like, he got you to where you are today. You know? That irked me a little bit. Bobby Orr came through, though. Bobby. And who's going to disagree with him? Number four, Bobby Orr. Just flying through the air, just like the game winner in overtime versus St. Louis. The Bruins win the cup. Back when I was a Bruins fan. Heck yeah. How yeah. old were you in 72? I was minus 10. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I was a Bruins fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's impressive you know the date. Of course. Wow, you are a Bruins fan. Yeah. But anyways, I will check that out. When does the first episode drop? Do you know? I don't. This week sometime. I think wow. he's already he's, so he's he moving. He is not missing a beat. When you're 85, you don't have a lot of time to waste. Yeah, you just true. go with it. He's got a lot of stories. If he slows down, he's he's not going to come back. So, yeah, that's true. And I bet you he has all the old guys who want to talk, and those old guys like to talk. They do. And they complain about the state of the game. We've had a few on this show. Ugh, not eighty-five old, but not eighty-five, some but old still. timers. Yeah, and it's just like, can I get a word in, fellas? They just go, 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 go. It's nice, but let's not forget whose show this is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, come on, come on, fellas. All right, moving on. Excuse me. Wine burp. Yucky. All right. I better not smell that. The Matt Calvert Avalanche Vancouver incident. Have you heard of this, Tim? I have heard of it. So, to refresh you people who haven't heard of this issue or seen it. What do you mean, you people? Oh, no. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You people out there who haven't heard of this issue. So... It was a five-on-five play. Colorado takes a shot. Or no, Vancouver takes a shot. Yeah. Guy guy in Vancouver takes a shot. Calvert goes down to block. It takes it in the ear. It's a power play. Was it a power play? Yeah. I don't know. It was five, whatever. Five-on-five, five-on-four. Who cares? Well, that's, that's that's an important distinction. Why is it an important distinction? Actually, it was a Vancouver open net. Two minutes, two minutes left in the third. Vancouver open net, so five on six. Six on five. No one says five on six. So it was a six on five. 
Vancouver was down four to two. Guy on Vancouver rips a shot. Calvert goes down to block it, gets turned around, blocks it with his ear. In pain on the ice. Initially, when I saw the video, I'm like, okay, continue to play. I thought he should have blew it down when Pedersen was like standing over top of him saying, hey, blow it down, blow it down. The ref didn't. And at that point, there's no reason to, like, there's no rule that says he has to blow it down. It's the referee's discretion. So it's all on the ref. The play continues. This is where I think it didn't get blown down for this reason because Calvert tries to get up. And if he does get up at that point, the ref is kind of watching him. He's giving him the benefit of a doubt. Maybe he can get up and, you know, head to the bench. He does and he falls down. Vancouver scores right after that. So in an ideal world, he blows it down right away. The kid got hit in the ear. You know, that's a scary injury. He's bleeding from his head. I think he should have been blown down. The league issued a statement saying it was the wrong call, but they're not going to change the rule. I agree with that. You can't change the rule. You've got to leave it up to the ref's hands. Yeah, it's just tough when you're watching this guy block a shot with his head. He's laying down, bleeding out of his yeah. head. Yep. And the ref doesn't blow the whistle. It doesn't really make sense. It seems like one of those times where the rule book is what it is, but it's kind of overruling common sense and common courtesy, right? Yeah, but in that ref's mind, he's like – we were talking about Gregory Campbell a few years back in the playoffs. He's seen that. A guy broke his leg, and he gets up, and he still plays. If Calvert goes down, and then if Vancouver doesn't score there, maybe he gets up again, and he's fine, and he's skating around. The ref doesn't know. It's just a trick, because if he blows it down, then Vancouver's losing their mind, and they're screaming at him, like, we could, you know, you're not supposed to blow it down. They didn't have possession, blah, blah, blah. So it's it's a lose-lose either way. He yeah. blows it down. He gets in trouble. He lets it go. He gets in trouble. Ideally, he lets it go, and the goalie saves it, and you live to play another day. They just happen to score. Whatever. Colorado still won the game, I think. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Avalanche players were pretty, they were furious after the game. Uh, a couple quotes here. Eric Johnson said, it's an effing joke. You want to protect the guy. Guy's got a family at home. He's laying there bleeding out of his head. And you don't blow the whistle. It's a complete joke, an absolute joke. They should be ashamed of themselves. And Nathan McKinnon, good point, said, imagine if it was LeBron James. I don't understand that reference because LeBron James doesn't play hockey. And I just don't understand if Nathan wants LeBron to train for hockey and then try out for the Avalanche. I don't get that. Yeah. Imagine if LeBron James like had like a, a, a hangnail in a basketball game. Oh, it in a basketball be, game. Okay. It would be. In the, See, he needs to be more specific about it would that. Be, it would be in the Sports Center headlines, ESPN, for weeks. They don't the blow blood, it down. He let blood trickle out of his finger during a basketball game. Imagine. I National don't think headlines. they would have blown it down, though, because. The basketball is still in play. I've seen guys get hurt on the basketball court. There's more whistles in basketball than there is in hockey. There's a ba- there's a whistle in basketball every, like, 30 seconds. Tell you what else, too. LeBron James wouldn't have tried to get back up. No, LeBron, he cramped in the playoffs. He was out for the rest of the game. Guy's so soft. Like butter. Butter in the microwave Have you ever after seen his- 30 seconds. Have you ever been on the ice or on the bench for a situation like that? With LeBron? You- I haven't. No. <laughs> Where you actually wondered or worried for someone's, like, actual safety, not just an injury? Not no. Well, you've seen guys get hit in the face, yeah, quite a bit. But usually they blow it down. Anything around the head, the refs blow it down right away. It's it's just a no brainer. You blow it down right away. I wonder if this ref saw him get hit in the ear because he was a kind of a weird block where he got twisted, and it looked like he could have taken it in the shoulder or in the neck area. So, but yeah, once you see blood, you have to blow it down. It's just this becomes a player safety issue at that point. And speaking of uh, player safety, I didn't put this on the agenda, but did you see T.J. Brody the? Av- um the flames yes that's scary very scary you know what's scary to me about that whole situation is 
after all of his tests, they didn't find anything. Yeah. That to me is like very, very alarming. If I was him, I would be so scared to get any kind of heart rate going because if you can't find an issue and you just had a stroke and passed out, like that is, or they said he was dehydrated, right? Yeah, but That was the issue when he wasn't feeling good, but you don't just pass out. I don't know. That's a very scary thing. Yeah, I did see that. It's and the crazy thing is, too, that same day, I think this was a Saturday, um, his wife tweeted a picture that she had just taken like two hours before that had happened where he's sitting on the couch with his daughter and his dog, like completely healthy. She's like, this is my completely healthy, like fit husband. He's 29 years old. There was nothing to indicate that what was about to happen. Really? It's and that just, was the same day. Sorry? That was the same, same day? Same day, like two hours before the incident. Weird. Yeah, yeah it's... That's scary. I would be so nervous if I was him, even stepping on the ice again, because that's, yeah, anything could happen. Luckily, he had some medical people there pretty quick, but man, oh, man. Lots of lots of um, big hits, injuries. The Ryan Reeves hit, which I thought was not terrible, but a dirty hit. Dirty hit. Left his feet. Left his feet. Agreed. But not suspension worthy. I really don't think so. Not like Feligno's. <laughs> I think Feligno picked the head. That was the principal and only point of contact. Reeves kind of goes through the body. He didn't just pick his head. So if there would be a suspension, which I don't think there should be, I think one game. He is a repeat offender. He's been suspended before. Yeah. I don't think there will be a suspension. No. We, we, we would have heard by now. I don't think there should be. Yeah, we would have heard. Reeves, he got penalized on the on the play, so I think that's uh, that's that's all he needed. It was a... It was a good hockey hit if he would have just kept his toes on the ice. He elevated a little too much. But you have to – it's funny. you Every time you hit, you elevate into the hit. Very rarely do you just kind of skate through it. Yeah, but he, always, he elevated before the contact. He, well, he yeah, jumped he, into him. He jumped and he's into a bigger him. guy. He did not have to. And how about Luch not even responding? I know. That was a, that was very alarming. He is a shell of himself. Yes. What, what player is he trying to be? Because the first month of the season, he was fighting all comers, and now – Reeves buries somebody, a dirty hit, and he's right there. He just doesn't say anything. Very strange. Do you think that would even be a good bout? Do you think Reeves would just... It'd be a great him? fight. Yeah. It'd be a really good fight. I think those two guys are top three, top four in the league. Reeves is not one, hands down, but Luch yeah. is right up there. Yeah. Yeah. There's this kid in uh, the Islanders, too, Ross Johnson. I like him. He's a good fighter. 6'5", 235. I like him. Someone's been doing research. No, I just saw a couple fights of his, and he really, really throws them. I like I like his style. No defense, all offense. Beautiful. Old school. Old school way of playing. Should we? It's. I feel like this is a Leafs podcast now. It's a recurring segment. We need to come up with a name for it. It's just driving me. I don't. It's almost like an obsession of mine now, <laughs> where I and I don't want to, but it just seems to be always in my in my line of sight, where like the Leafs are there, and there's issues. So I was doing an event in Canada, and when I'm in Canada, I get I get to watch hockey. And I throw on TSN or Sportsnet, and I just watch hockey. And it's just amazing how bad the Leafs are right now. They have fewer regulation wins than the Ottawa Senators. Isn't that unbelievable? Isn't that something else? I saw that on Twitter, and I'm like, I have to look this up. There's no way that's real. And it was. It is amazing. They played 23 or 24 games, and they have 22 points. Not good. Not bueno. Yep. Lost yep. five in a row. Marner's out for another three to four weeks. Just turmoil from top to bottom, that organization. 
when your GM has to come out and make a statement and say, our coach is our coach and we're, we're not going to fire him. He's our guy. He's not your guy. He's not your guy. Babcock is going to be fired this year. I'm calling it. Yeah, I was going to say, you bet the mortgage on him finishing the year or being fired before the end of the season? I think the next 10 games will decide his fate. If they go 5-5 five and five or worse, he will be fired. 500, he's going to be fired? Yes. If they go 6-5 and five or better, he'll save his job. The next 10 games. So I'll give him to game 35, we'll say. And then, and that, then they have to cut bait. He is not doing the job. Bring Keefe up from the Marlies. He's a great coach. You know, a, f- a fresh voice in the locker room. They obviously are not responding to Babcock. We had some people on Twitter saying he's going to be fired before Christmas. Yeah. Very possible. That would be around the 15-game mark or 10-game mark. Yep. It's just crazy. And then did you see his comment? He came out. Yeah. He's talking in the third person now. I believe in Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock said that. What was the full quote? I don't even know the full quote. I've always bet on Mike Babcock. I'm going to continue to bet on him. Isn't that crazy? Mike Babcock. That's crazy. He's like he's like a TV character now. He's not even real. He's, it's he's, crazy. It's funny. If he was in a made-up character, I would say I don't believe that. I don't believe in him. He's not realistic enough. There's no way someone's that crazy. I know. Because you know the reporter's like, Mike, what do you think about your job security? You know, the, the rumors going around. I believe in Mike Babcock. <laughs> he's never let me down at this point. Mike Babcock's my guy. He sounds like an NFL player or something. Yes. It's so, so strange. And... For the people out there who think that they just need to turn it around, you know, they have this high-power offense. Their offense is not high-powered this year. It's mediocre at best. And their defense, which they hung their hat on last year, they had a, well, their goals against their goalie, they are giving up so many. I think they're 28th in the league in goals against, five on five. Their goalies are terrible, both of them. Anderson's not great. Last year he stood on his head. This year he's being, he's playing average maybe a little above average, but they are such a bad defensive hockey team that they are just terrible across the board. And this is where I think they're failing is Babcock knows where they're weak and he's trying to force them to play defense as a team. And they can't play defense. Those, those horses don't know how to play defense. They are stallions. You got to let them run. You can't try to force a player like that to play defense. Matthews has never played defense in his whole life. He doesn't know how to do it. Nylander, Marner, those guys don't know how to play defense. If you don't play defense in novice, in peewee, in bantam, in juniors, you think you're just going to all of a sudden learn how to play defense in the best league in the world? No, you are not going to learn how to play defense. It's impossible. Oh, cover this D-man. Cover Eric Carlson. If he goes down the board, you cover him. If this centerman comes up the half wall, you have to pinch down and create a two-on-one. Pressure, pressure, pressure. He's not going to do that. No. They don't know how to play defense. Babcock is trying to make them into something they're not. He should just say, boys, go. Fly. Play, play the speed game. Get the puck. Get out of the zone. We're blowing the zone. We're sending one guy right away. The centerman's right behind him. The winger's coming in behind. We're pinching the Ds. We're going to be an offensive team. If we're going to win a game, it's going to be 7-5. That's the only way they are going to win, in my opinion. So it seems like you know you have a pretty solid game plan for them, but some of the comments that have come out are like they're still forming an identity. 
BS. What does that mean? Read between the lines there. When a team says they're trying to find their identity, it means they're a bad hockey team. And when a player says, I'm still trying to find chemistry, like Tyson Berry is, I'm new to the team, I'm still trying to find out, you know, this and that. Their identity is, is they're a bad defensive hockey team. That's it. That's their identity. They are a run-and-gun hockey team. When a coach or a GM says we're still trying to figure things out, you're in trouble, especially for a team that came into the season with Stanley Cup aspirations. That is red light flashing. We are panicking. You do not say that. You have, like, uh, it's, it's just so bizarre that they would even say that. Your identity is the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're an offensive team. You have arguably three of the top 10 players in the league in your forward core. Take advantage of it. You know what I mean? I do. Have you seen some of the quotes that came out after their Saturday loss? Oh, they when lost they got pumped to Pittsburgh, by Pittsburgh? Right? Yeah. And Without finally, Sidney Crosby, by the way. Yeah. Yep. And uh, facing the media. So this is John Tavares said, quote, it's up to us to stop the bleeding. It's unacceptable the way we played tonight. The way we went out there isn't close to what our standard is, our expectation, and what we need to do to get the result we want. And then uh, Matthew said, it's tough to get worse from here. Ouch. It's frustrating. In the locker room, confidence isn't exactly high right now. We have no one to blame but ourselves. It's really up to us. Are those the right things to say right now? Yeah, I mean, what else can you say, really? Those are the canned answers, but I guarantee in the locker room, there's finger pointing. There's guys coming in the room after the 5-1 loss. Like, why did that D-man not do that? Like, what is he doing? Like, why isn't he picking up his man? Or why isn't um, Nylander coming back? This and that. Like, what's Anderson doing? He can't save a beach ball. Like, there's obviously issues in that room. And that falls on the coach. It falls directly in the coach's lap. I think a big part of this is a lack of veteran presence in that room. Sure. Tavares is there. He's a good veteran. He's been hurt for a long time. He's coming back. They don't have anyone to like just calm the fellas down or to set the tone or. How about Spezza? He what, what has he played four games all year? They made his role pretty clear at the beginning of the season, and now they're. I mean, what if he was one of the guys in that room? He's, what if he was a leader, and it was it was treated as a leader from the beginning. Yeah, he is completely checked out, one hundred percent. He is not there at all. He's just collecting a paycheck, been practicing, and having fun. So you know our boy Cade that you wish happy birthday to a couple weeks ago? Yes. They brought him in for a game. They took a picture with the whole team. And there's, you know, Matthew's Modder in the front. And Spess is just in the back. Tall, lanky, just miserable looking. He looks Smoking like, a dart in oh, the back. He's just, yeah. He's, he's not he's having fun. I remember when I got called up to the Habs. They were terrible at that point. And I, I didn't want to go, but they're like, please, we, we want, not please, but like, we want to call you up for a game. So I went up and I was just like, what? A morgue in here. It was so miserable. I walked in that room, and I was like, no wonder you guys are losing every game. No one's having any fun. Like, this is miserable. So who was on the team at the time? Was Weber there? Pacioretty. No, Subban. This before the trade? Yeah, before that terrible trade. Yeah, Pacioretty, Subban, Lars Eller, um, Galchenyuk, Markov, all those They're guys. They're all gone now. Yeah, but man, oh, man, I was like, no wonder this. you guys are losing. Hockey is fun. Even when I was in Buffalo and we were a bad team, you're miserable, but you still find ways to have fun. You, you're playing a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it is what it is. And if you're going out there and you're not having fun and you're nervous about making mistakes and you're trying, you're you're really gripping your stick, you're not going to win. You're not going to win at all. Barry, <laughs> he is really just finding out how hard it is to play in Toronto. I knew you were going to bring that up. 
well, it's another elephant in the room. Tyson Berry, their big offseason acquisition. They traded this guy for Kadri. Did they? Yep. Or, yeah. It's like he's got to be one of their stellar studs back there. He's replacing um, possible Hall of Famer and Jake Gardner. <laughs> so Norris frontrunner. Yeah, he he's having a great year. Minus 11, not bad. Well, uh, Barry, zero goals, six assists, minus, minus 10. Zero goals. Yes. If you would have bet at the beginning of the year he would have had zero goals at the quarter mark, no one would have took that bet. 22 games in, I would say he's at least 15 points, and I, right? I would have guessed that would have been on the lower side. Yeah. He's got, what, six? Six points, no goals. Isn't that bizarre? It's really crazy. And we talked about this last week, but I wonder if it's one of these things where Toronto's the biggest stage there is in hockey. Right. Colorado is arguably the smallest stage there is in hockey. It's really, really easy to play in Colorado. Very easy. No pressure. You go out there, you play. Fans are great. You leave the rink, no one knows who you are at all. You can walk outside of the rink after the game. No one would even recognize you. Toronto, you couldn't even walk across the street without being recognized. Is that playing a part in his season? I'm sure it is. I mean, it's not, it's not an unusual storyline in sports at all, you know? All the big cities, all the big sports, you see that happen all the time. Does that make you respect Phil the Thrill even more? Because he was by far the most um, talked about guy in Toronto for what? Six years? Out of all the sports. Yeah. The Blue Jays, the Raptors, the Argonauts, the Leafs. He got the most heat, the most negative press out of all those players. And he still produced. He's always been the whipping boy. He was that in Boston. He was that in uh, in Pittsburgh, but he produced there and won two cups, right? Yep. Um, but not having a good year this year. Have you looked at his stat line? I just want to say this. I am really disappointed with all the fat shamers out there <laughs> yeah. shaming Phil Kessel. The guy doesn't deserve it, so stop it. I think his body's finally catching up with him. I think it's exactly right. He's, he's been in the league that for old, 10 years. 31, right? Still, but, but he's in hockey old. He's been in the league for 10 years. Yeah. Like, he's played playoff series for how many consecutive years where he's gone to the cup finals yeah. a lot of the time. So that body, it really does catch up with you. He's got three goals in 21 games. Here's the question. Do you think he's done being an elite goal scorer forever? No, I don't think so. Do you think he'll score 20 goals this year? No, not this year. I do believe he needs to be in a right situation. He's a, he's a sniper. He's a James Neal. Yeah. You know, if, if you – Put him with a guy who can put a, give him the puck in the right spot. He's going to score. But he can't beat the guy. He cannot beat the guy anymore. He used to be really, really fast, and I think he's probably lost a step or two. So he doesn't so. really have the guy um, in Arizona. He's got Austin Keller or Clayton, Clayton Keller. Keller. He's a good disher. He's got yeah. Stepan. That Dvorak guy is pretty good. Yeah, but he doesn't have the Crosby. He doesn't have those guys who can feed in the puck. Where he like it's, it's really a talent to be able to give it to a shooter right where he wants it. Like It's hard to do. So, yeah. especially when he's skating or on the fly or a one-timer. But I, I still think he's got the shot. That's the last thing to go is your bomb of a shot. I still have mine. <laughs> <laughs> How's the men's league looking? I haven't been there the last two weeks. But I've been traveling. So, one more thing before we move on from the Leafs. You got a funny tweet uh, talking about the agenda. So, here's, here's a hypothetical for you. Okay? Okay. Talking about the, the Leafs having a soft roster, not a ton of leadership, not a ton of toughness. Could you right now, in a bench-clearing brawl situation, run through the entire current Maple Leafs roster knowing you get five 30-second timeouts at your discretion? Oh, I get five 30-second timeouts. Yes. So that would be a timeout every four fights, right? 
However long it takes you. All right. Assuming up, there are 20 guys. The backup goalie is coming out, pull too. Pull up the roster. Let's see. Because I, I do feel like a lot of these fights would be just be one punch or the guy would just fall down because he'd be scared. Okay. Uh, Gautier. See, he would be a good fight, right? Is he a bigger guy? Him. I don't know him either. He's 6'5", 239. He's a big boy. So he's a big boy. That would be a full fight where I need 30 seconds right after that. <laughs> yeah. So that would be okay. one of my timeouts. But I could beat him, yeah. Okay. Zach, Zach Hyman. Another feisty guy where it would probably take me 30 to 40 seconds to win the fight. Okay, I could beat him. Yep. But I'm not going to use a timeout after him. Okay. Uh, Andreas Johnson. 5'10", <laughs> 194. Done. Uh, Left Cap- hand. Kapanen. Done. Left Ker- hand. Kerfoot. 5'10", 185. Done. Marner. Ooh, I don't know. Done. <laughs> no, no timeouts yet. So uh, I which, used one. You used one. Okay. Uh, Matthews. He's a strong boy. 6'3", 220. He is a big lad, so he would probably take a lot of time as well. Just he would hang in there. I would take a timeout after him. So you got one, two, three, four, five, and then you're going to do timeout. You're going to do Matthews before the timeout? I'm doing a timeout after Goche. Yep. And a timeout after Matthews. And he's Hyman, Johnson, Kapanen, Kerfoot, Marner. You're going to do all those, and you don't need a breather before taking on big boy Matthews? Mm-mm. Okay, but after you do. Those five guys, I think I weigh more than them combined. <laughs> yeah. Here's someone I don't know. Ilya Mikhaev, 6'3", 195. I feel like that would be just... I would blow on him and he'd fall over. Yeah, Russian. <laughs> uh, Trevor Moore. Those people. Speaking of Russian, remember that the... Uh, the uh, you people! The Alexei Semen fight, the slap fight? Yes. Did you guys have a laugh at that? The hammer fist? The, in yeah. The league? Oh, yeah. yeah, that was really funny. People, people see those videos? Oh, yeah. Um, William Nylander? Yeah. Nick Patan? No, he's tiny. 5'9", 175. <laughs> Their team is so small. Nicholas Shore, 6'1", 200. Ex-Bruins guy. Nope. Uh, Spezza? He's a taller guy. He's going to be lanky, though, right? Yeah. I would take a break after him just because that would be five fights. So that's three breaks. John Tavares. Dust him. Uh, Dimitro Timoshov. <laughs> this is this is all the guys in the roster. They're not all going to dress. That's just forwards. Wow. So that's got to be, what, 12, 12 fights right there? The D. Who do they got on D? Okay, Barry. I'll take I'll, I'll take a break before Barry, just so I'm nice and fresh. <laughs> for Tyson. Cody Cece, big boy. Yeah, but after my break before Tyson. See, this is where if it was a real fight, 20 fights in a row, your hand would start to get sore. Yeah. Imagine the, the hand doesn't get sore. It's just your body. As long as you can uh, keep up with the, the conditioning. My shoulders okay. Um, Travis Dermott. He's a tough kid. He's the tallest guy yet. Uh, Justin Hall. Hole, 6'4", See, the D is where it will get tricky. Yep. Another big boy, Martin Moranson, 6'5", 217. But that's the thing. These guys are tall. They're not tough at all. Like, there's one thing to be tall. Like, Hal Gill used to be tall. Yeah. Hal Gill was not tough. No. You know what I mean? And I'm, not, I'm not saying I was tough, but I knew how to fight. I knew how to take a punch. I wasn't scared to get blasted in the face. Did you play against him? Was he retired? Skillsy? I never played against him. I trained with him one summer. Great yeah. guy. Are you guy. bigger than him? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh, Jake Muzzin? He would be the final guy. I'd take a break before him. I think that's five. Six three two seventeen. And he knows how to fight. He's yeah. our toughest guy on the team. I like him. I like his game. He's our best defenseman right now. Yeah. And he's unrestricted, so he'll be gone after this year. That was a great uh, trade by them last year. Yeah. And finally, Morgan Riley. Yeah, that's a, that'd be like... You also got the two goalies. Wow, Stop. Frederick Anderson. He's How? tall. 6'4"? 6'4", 238. Goalies don't know how to fight. Yeah. There's one, well, the late Ray Emery was the only guy who knew how to fight. Yeah. 
But other than that, all the goalies are weak. And finally, Casimir Kaskusko. <laughs> that guy wouldn't even show up. Finland. He'd yeah. be so scared he'd have a heart attack if he already stepped in the box. If he headed down the I tunnel. think I could do it. Honestly, I think I could do it. Right now? Yes. I just did an Iron Man. Iron Man. Yeah. So shout out to, uh, who is it? Mitch Bowes for that question on Twitter. It made us laugh. Mitch throwing Bowes. I love it. What else do we got, Tim? Um, we talked about Reeves, the Corey Schneider. Just speaking of goalies. Speaking of my New Jersey Devils, my Stanley Cup champion pick. This is my caveat. Do you remember what I said? You did say. If their goaltending holds up, they will be a very good team. It has not happened. Their goaltending has been terrible. Poor Corey Schneider. Yeah. Man. Tough story. Um, yeah. Right now, the Devils are 7, 8, and 4. They're only a couple points back from a wild card spot, though. It's still pretty tight, obviously. Let me say this. The start of the year, all of the teams who have super young players came flying out of the gate. Vancouver's, those teams with these young players, they came flying. Edmonton's. The teams with the more veteran teams, like San Jose, everyone kind of was nervous and wrote them off a little bit. Have you noticed the Dallas's? The veteran players take a little bit more time to get up to speed. They don't come out of the gate at preseason flying. They use preseason to get ready for the season. We've talked about this before. Have you noticed what's been happening with Dallas and San Jose? I'm pulling up San Jose right now. They're on quite a run. They are on a run, and so is Dallas. And that just speaks to what I talked about. And I think in training camp I said that. These kids, they come into the season, they're, they hit have their best hockey game one. They prepare for training camp to make the team, and they're flying in training camp. Veteran players don't prepare to make the team. They know they're going to make the team. They prepare for the season for the playoffs. So this was expected, and I'm happy to see these veteran teams slowly starting to find their way, and now they're starting to win. Sharks have won six in a row right now. Yeah, Patty Marlowe. Eric Carlson's having a great a great little season again. Well, he didn't at the beginning of the season. No, but he's, he's on he's on a run too. Yeah, he was I mean, struggling at the beginning of the year. And one more thing before Toronto. This is anecdotal, but as I was looking at their uh, their website last night preparing for the show, and I'm on their site and an ad popped up. Oh. And it didn't happen. I went up five or six other teams, no ads. Toronto Whoa. Whoa. looking for revenue. I don't know. Whoa. And I, if someone listens to the show wants to do a little report on us, I'll give you a shout out. Click on all the teams, see how many ads come up. Oh, so a pop-up ad. And a pop-up ad. Really? He's the only one. That is interesting. They must be a little money hungry. That's funny. Because they don't have enough money to lease. It's I unbelievable. That's really funny. So what else are we going to talk about, Tim? John just came in. Hey. Coming in hot with a bottle of wine and a nice fancy glass. New haircut, too. Thank you for noticing. Yes, he's looking great. Check one. Am I working? John Aiken, you are on the line. On the mic. So all we right. just finished talking about the Leafs and the Sharks and all My this favorite. fun stuff. Did you see the Jerry York storyline? I did. I liked it. You liked what? That he didn't go. Yeah, me too. I thought that was the right decision. Yeah. I mean, that's why he's the best probably college hockey coach of all time. Yes. And people are giving him flack for not going because he had a game. Yeah. I think that's ridiculous. They're kind of like, well, why do you need to be in a game in November? Have your assistants handle it. This is the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's like, yeah, for performance like this. Yeah, because the Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame. It's always going to be there. And it was actually not even the official induction ceremony. It was like the ring ceremony or something. Like, it was not the actual thing. He came to the actual event a few nights later. I think it's getting blown out of portion. The whole negative culture 
these days a look for people or things to get angry about. And this is just another instance of people like, <gasps> oh, he's disrespecting the Hall of Fame. No, if he would have left, they would have been mad at him for leaving. Oh, you're leaving your team to go get a ring. What's going on with you? That whole culture, it's just, it just, just be happy. The guy made the Hall of Fame and he's coaching his team. Be happy for him. Be happy. Instead of like just being negative about the whole situation. Speaking of happy, let's transition to a really, really happy weekend for me. Let's do that. My Michigan this. Tech Huskies went 2-0, and swept those sailors from Lake Superior State. Oh, my goodness. It was a, it was a big weekend. Did you see it, Tim? Tim I, watched, I watched the highlights online. It was a WCHA matchup. I was, I was happy. Weren't you? Yeah, I'm so for Tech. You my guy, make like celebrity appearances at the uh, I want to go up the there games. for Winter Carnival. So I, I'm hoping Tech does a big weekend. So it, it snows a lot in Houghton, Michigan, obviously. Obviously. And during the winter, they have this big weekend. It's called Winter Carnival, where all the fraternities, all of the organizations, they do these massive ice sculptures. I'm talking 20, 30 feet high. And they're huge, and they judge them. And so it's really cool to go there. You drive down the main, main strip. It's called Portage, I believe. And there's just these match, massive sculptures on every side. Like every house has a, a big, you know, production of it. And it's just really, really fun. So I'm hoping to go up there this year. I don't know. That'd be fun. Tim, you coming? I would love to when do a live it? show up there. I don't know when it is. It's it after you the holidays? It's show. after the holidays. But I also wanted to go because they play in the GLI down at um, Little Caesars Arena. So maybe we can swing down there too. I'm all in on tech right now. Anyways, they're one of their forwards, Trenton Bliss, forward of the week. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. What do you, what do you get? He had two game-winning goals. There it is. That's not bad. That's enough for, for player of the week. I don't think I've ever gotten a game-winning goal. How many goals did you have in college? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. That is a stat that I would like to find out because – More or less than five. More. Much more. Way more. Like seven. Like highlight reel? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Like a lot. I would probably say ten. ten I, w- I would think. Yeah, I think there's an easy way to find that on HockeyDB.com. Anybody I don't have else from your team go to the NHL? Um, Chris Connor went. He played pretty much parallel in my career where he bounced up and down. But I, I played consistently in the NHL. But he was always around. And there's a lot of guys in the NHL now who played for Tech, actually. When I played, it was just me and him. Now there's like five or six guys. Like Yuri Kahara playing at Edmonton. There was um, Kiro, Tanner Kiro played for the Hawks. He's with someone else now. There's a bunch of guys in the league. So All right, oh, here we go. What's, what's your number? Eight. It's seven. Seven? Whoa! You had a first guess. Does that count playoffs? No. So that doesn't even count. Add another two or three there. Oh, at least two or three. Yeah. Yeah, I was a playoff performer. Mm -hmm. So you have the recency effect there because you scored three your senior year. So that's what you're remembering. You're like, oh, I probably did that every year. I know. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what's funny? That's where I played my least amount of games. How many games did I play my senior year? 24. 24. Compared to 36, 35, 31. See? Why? I don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> yeah, I, I three. <laughs> so just yeah. remembering in the book now. <laughs> yeah. Get my book. If you want to find out. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah. Shout out to Tanner or Trenton. Excuse me. And the goalie stood on his head. The last game they won two to one. Literally? I actually caught part of that game and the guy was on fire. Like Lake state was all over him for the better part of the third period. And Matt Jerusik kid's got some talent. What's Trenton Bliss's game. What's his, what's his style? Power forward. Yeah, big guy. Yeah, get in front of the net, muck it up. Love it. We should get him on the show. Let's do it. Should we get some college guys on the show? Yeah, let's do it. 
Maybe. Club hockey players, too, or just... No, 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 just D1. Can you do that? Can they do interviews? D1. I don't know. As long as we don't pay them, which we will on the side. Yeah. Yeah, We don't have to. Like, we'll send them some money. I'll cut this out later. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) it'll be fine. But anyways, congrats to my guys. Yeah. If you haven't seen Michigan Tech hockey, you're missing on real hockey. Can I ask you a real quick quick question? I'm still looking at your stats. How do you get 100 penalty minutes in college? The refs. <laughs> the refs. <laughs> the refs. <laughs> it, it was a lot of just – it was all minors too, which is funny. It was all just like – Do you the athletic department come down on you to have like conversations after No, I was, I was one of the better defensemen, and I – it was just hookings and roughings, and I played a physical style of you hockey. You didn't did really you get into fights? I got in one fight in my college career. Did you have any like misconducts where you get in 15 minutes that it counts no, for No, it was mostly all minors. <laughs> oh, so that's 50. Was that my junior year? Junior and sophomore, you had 100. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. I played a rough style of game where I so just didn't take anything. 35 games, you're averaging like a minor and a half a game. Yeah. Spending a lot of time in the box. Yeah. Yeah, I set the tone, man. Especially if we're down a couple goals, I'll, I'll really try to hit someone. To just, you know, you can't fight, so you try to do whatever you can to turn the tide. Don't judge me, Tim. I like it. How's your shoulder, by the way? Uh, it's okay. Have you resumed skating? No. no. No? How's the coaching going? I haven't done that either. Uh, wow. Are you cleared to skate? I'm, she basically told me I can do whatever it doesn't hurt me. So. It's a mental game now. You're scared. Yeah. Yeah. That figures. Like, I'll forget that it hurts, and I'll throw, like, a piece of paper in the trash, and I'm like, oh. oh really? Oh, yeah. my gosh. I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's a good reminder. It's humbling. Got to take it seriously. You got sent a package at work the other day. What? You got sent a big package at work the other day. I was sent a package at work. What package? <laughs> <laughs> I was sent two packages this week. One. What's so funny? was a nice hockey jersey from our friends at Cool Hockey. Something cool to come there. The oh, yeah. We're going to do a cool little. That'll be fun. Coolhockey.com. Check it yeah. out. We got some fun stuff playing there. Um, the other one was a nice gift from my coworkers. That's probably not politically correct to talk about on this PG thirteen. This podcast. is PG, so let's keep it. What was it? Why did you send them a present though? One of them, part of it was a glitter bomb. Have you seen, have you seen those? No. It's just a package full of glitter. You open it, it's just everywhere. You can't get it. It's like it's like a prank to say to mend it to mail it to somebody with computers around. Yeah, yeah. guys, not smart, not yep. smart at all. And then something else that was just not appropriate, but I can tell you about it afterward. This office is just out of control. I tell you what, Web Canopy Studio. They do good work. They sure do. But they know how to have fun at Tim's expense. <laughs> I'm looking at your stats. 85 penalty minutes in 27 games for the Ice Capture last year. If you played a full season for them, it would have been like 250 <laughs> penalty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> See well, the ice caps. You were all pissed off after. I wasn't happy. I I would fight if if a kid would ask me to fight. I'd be like, no, I don't want to fight you. He'd be like, let's go, let's go. So I'd like two hand him in the shoulder. I'd drop my gloves and I beat him up. So the ref would give me like a two, a two, a five, a ten. Then I wouldn't want to play anymore. So I'd say something like, kick me out of here, and he'd give me another ten. So <laughs> eighty-five minutes in twenty-seven games. Yes. So yeah. How many goals? Three. Two. Two. Not bad. Not bad. One was shelf. One was top shelf hockey. Is it hard knowing that like your highlights aren't as easy to find if you're in the minors? No, like, I don't oh, care. You can't look up that goal from last night or the big hit. It's just I not there. Care. You don't care? No. Do other players care? I wasn't into highlights. I was into win losses. I was a team guy. <laughs> well, you didn't have a lot of highlights to worry about, so it's okay. Yeah. But anyways, Pims are overrated. It's all in the refs. It's the refs, you know. <laughs> they they take guys out of scrums and they give them tens all the time. That's how it works. Sure. So we'll we'll close on this, I think. 
So one of my friends was up in the UP this past week at Deer Camp. And they were staying in a town called Sid Sidlaw or Sidmar or something. Okay. What is it called, Tim? I don't know. Sidnod? Sidnod. You what? know, because it is an old World War II POW camp for Germans. It's funny you know that name by heart. You just told me 10 minutes before we started recording. I don't think I did. <laughs> so it's a camp very close to here where they imprisoned all the Germans they captured during the war. Interesting. And they brought over 600,000. They put them in Michigan. Yes, they put them all over the country. They captured 600,000 German prisoners, and I had no idea that they did that. How interesting. That is interesting. I just found, and I want to do a little more research to see if you have any ancestors, because they said a lot of them stayed. Oh, my God. Damn. They they said a lot of them stayed in the country, and your last name is very German. My ancestors fought for the Americans. Fought with the Americans or against the Americans? Fought for the Americans in the United States Army. Tim's last name is Wurzberger. Yes. Wurzberger. Patton's first army, Battle of the Bulge, he was there. Great uncle. I'm sure he was. On what side? We'll never know. Yeah. Patton's first army, I just told you. You're right. The but big red one. Yeah. So it's just very... I'm going to do some digging. Can I get... <laughs> yeah. a How did your family end up in Michigan? I'm... How did your family end up in Boston? Because there was camps in Boston as well. And in Irish-American immigrants. Oh, I bet. Yeah. They came over on a boat? Yep. Perhaps a U-boat. A U-boat? <laughs> no, before the Tim? war. Before the war. Oh, so they were spies. <laughs> Interesting. Doing reconnaissance? Yes. Answer the question! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But it is interesting. I'm a big World War II guy. I probably know the most about World War II in the room here. So <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I, I didn't know that, but now I know. And I learned something today. So did you. So do all my listeners. All 100,000 listeners, which we have 100,000 listeners. I just found that out. Isn't that awesome? Unbelievable. So I really appreciate everyone for listening. It's great. That's a good number. It is. And we're going to continue to build. Right, Tim? We are. Right, John? We're looking good. Thank Tim for that one. Tim's the man. John's the man. I'm just riding their coattails. But anyways, anybody else have anything? Mm-mm. No. We'll, we'll probably talk about the Leafs next week. Can't wait to see what Another they do Another episode of What Happens with Toronto. You know who we didn't talk about this what? week is Vander Kane. Let's see what he does next week to... Uh, I wonder if he's got the Antonio Brown treatment now or they're just like, stop talking. No one wants to hear anything about you. Or if he's, like, nervous about his lawsuit. He's he is his... having a great season, though. He is. If he would just shut his mouth and play the game, the guy would be an unbelievable force. He's, he's a great power forward. 12 goals in 18 games right now. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. If he just would just focus. Less gambling, more hockey. He should get a tattoo. Less gambling, more hockey. It's not that hard, right? Yeah, I didn't gamble. Well, I didn't gamble like <laughs> between game. Like, don't gamble. <laughs> it's not hard. I'm not a big gambler. But if I went to Vegas, you don't gamble all night on and rack up a five hundred thousand dollar tab and then don't pay it. Like, you think that's gonna? You know, people are gonna ask questions about that, right? Yep. Anyways, thanks everybody for listening. I thought this was a good episode. This is fun. I like this one. We're gonna continue the night episodes. I think. Maybe. It's a different dynamic, but I like we'll it. We'll see. We'll get John here on time. I'm here now. Yes, he's here now, but we're going we're gonna to sign off. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.